Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Stay at Homer, the podcast where two British men on coronavirus lockdown rewatch every episode of The Simpsons. Rewatch, I mean, we say rewatch, but I'm not sure we've seen every yeah. single episode of The Simpsons. I think I kind of gave up. I was wondering. Season 29 yeah. or something. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we've seen pretty much most of the the classic era of The Simpsons, the sort of first, I don't know, 10 or so seasons that so yeah, it'd be quite interesting when we hit the hit the kind of episodes that we neither of us have seen. Yeah, I was thinking that yesterday. That's going to be weird. I'll flag that up. I think it's around season eleven. I stopped watching every single episode and just caught a few of them. So um, yeah, so in three years' time, we can start talking about ones we've never seen before, which is interesting. Yep, yep. So uh, I'm Andrew Lowe. I'm an ex journalist and current author and editor. Yeah, I'm Tim Tucker. I'm an ex-journalist, currently writing a novel, uh, publishing a novel, and also uh, a digital marketer. Yeah. Um, so, so today we have, uh, I think, the best episode in this first series for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> introduces one of my absolute favourite characters in the show, possibly my favourite non-Simpsons character, it's between Mr. Burns and Krusty, I think. So yeah, I think it's yeah, he's wonderful. It's called Krusty Gets Busted, <laughs> and it's essentially the episode where we get introduced to Krusty the Clown, isn't it? It's been it's been building up a bit, isn't it? Because he's been yeah. in the background of a few episodes, but there's it's never hinted really that we're ever going to see him as a proper character. It's always like the Happy Elves, um, sort of been in the background, but today he comes straight yeah. into the foreground, doesn't he? And the point the point about Krusty is that he's. Um, the joke is that he's a children's entertainer. He has, a, has his own TV show, um, and yeah. um, you know all the children watch it. But effectively, he's as, as a personality, he's not very well suited really to, to that job. He's quite um, he's quite a sleazy sort of character, isn't he? And he's quite um, he's obviously kind of rides yeah. on his rides on his fame quite a lot and <laughs> exploits his image and. Um, there's a little there's a touch of Ronald McDonald about him isn't there in that he owns these kind of burger yeah. joints and um, oh yeah Krusty yeah. Burger is his sort of um, you know offshoot and there's a, there's a touch of Ronald McDonald about him it's almost like if if Ronald McDonald were a real character and had a TV show and um, yeah. you know how that might extrapolate isn't it the kind of the, the satire they get out of that definitely and also his, his sort of blatant consumerism um, yeah. that he promotes which is wonderful he's got he's got loads <laughs> yeah he's, he's got his burger chain but he's also got his loads of accessories and things isn't he there's a fantastic um, line isn't there where he, he endorses something and he says i heartily endorse this product or event <laughs> and just, he's obviously <laughs> just recorded that sort of boilerplate message because he can't be bothered to actually <laughs> turn up <laughs> yeah and i think the the episode i can't remember which one it is the episode where they go to mount splashmore his his sort of persuasion technique to get them to go there is just brilliant. <laughs> I know he has this little saying. song that, yeah. Um, but we'll 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 come to that later. But he yeah he's wonderful and uh, as you say a great way, uh, really unique way actually to um, to bring out some of the con- yeah consumerism uh, and uh, commercialism. Well, here when we first see him, when we first see him, sorry Tim, he's this incredible moment where he says he's got this kind of refrain that he talks to the kids and he says, um, how much do you love me with yeah. all our hearts? What would you do if I went off the air? 
we kill ourselves. <laughs> He's obviously trained them. <laughs> it's sort of Pavlovian response to the, the audience, which is um, a bit dark, isn't it? <laughs> I'd love to see the episode where he sort of, he got the kids to sort of learn that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he also, he also, I think it's that, um, there's a later episode where he says, we'll come to all this, but sorry, we're just across the above. Where yeah. he says um, to the kids, he's trying to get them to pester their parents, isn't he? I think it might be much special. And he says, yeah, that one, so yeah. I'll see you there. I, t- I told them you'd be there. Don't make me a liar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This is kind of like emotional sort of blackmail of, of um, good kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, psychological manipulation of, of children. <laughs> it's... <laughs> For his own commercial ends. I love it, yeah. Yeah, um, But, yeah, so all that's to come. So <clears throat> should we go through how it works out plot-wise and then pick out some of our favourite bits because it is full of great stuff, this one. Um, okay. Written, I always forget to look this up before. I'm gonna, uh, written oh, by yeah, Jay written Kogan. by Jay Kogan. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Wallace Wolodarski. Yeah. And it aired on, was it April 29th, 1990? Thank you. Yeah, that's right. So we're still in the very early 90s, right at the beginning of the decade. And um, it starts with with Sed Krusty, doesn't it? Him bursting out of the screen, literally, <laughs> on his TV show. Yep. And I think um, we've seen him talk before in the in the mob scene of Telltale Hair, but we've not seen him perform on his show, have we? This is the first time we've seen that. No, um, it seems to be a sort of uh, quite a, a health and safety isn't, an issue, isn't really an issue, is it, with Krusty? No. <laughs> He's obviously got. We see his sidekick and um, slight diversion here, but this is this episode is also the first kind of real sideshow Bob, who is another terrific yeah. character, who we see yes. uh, fully formed. Really, we've we've seen him before mm. briefly as Krusty's kind of yeah. you know luckless sidekick, who just is the butt of all his jokes and all the <laughs> all the yeah. pain, physical pain that he has to go through. <laughs> But um, yeah. the great thing about Sideshow Bob, obviously, is that he's this incredibly articulate, um, yeah. erudite uh, character who is, yeah. for some reason, in this kind of strange role as sidekick <laughs> to this um, ultra-violent kind of TV clown. Yeah. <laughs> Playing a slide whistle and getting shot out of a cannon in this yeah. episode, isn't he? And he's voiced That's by Kirsty Grammer, isn't he, who's... Um, which is an absolutely yeah, fantastic voice that he gives to gives to Sideshow Bob. It's very, very sort of um, perfect, cultured kind of yeah. voice. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. He comes back a few times, doesn't he? And um, in, in, and every time, in all the episodes I've seen him come back, he's he's great. But it's all set up in this episode where <clears throat> he, um, yeah, he suffers the. We see him suffering the indignity of being shot out of a cannon. Yeah. At the insistence of the the kids, we, worked up by Krusty, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, do you want to see him shot out of a cannon? Yes, we do. Um, so yeah, he has that, and he, he looks in physical pain as well as um, you know psychological humiliation. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it cuts to a, another episode of Itchy and Scratchy. We've already seen one earlier, but this is a, another one. Um, I forget the title of it, Burning but I, I do remember. Oh, that's it, because he shoots flaming yeah. arrows into I mean, them. Um, the, the plot, I think it's worth going into the plots of the Itchy and Scratchies because they're so good. Um, <laughs> this one is, <laughs> this one is, it's basically a lovely day and Scratchy's in his hammock enjoying it. 
and Itchy shoots like a yeah. flaming arrow that hits him yeah. in the arse. <laughs> set, set, <laughs> setting sort of, it on, on fire. And he, he jumps out of the hammock, runs around screaming, you know, burning burning to death. Um, and the flames cover him. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's the end of the, the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is deemed hilariously funny by yeah. the children of the uh, Simpsons household. Yeah, yeah. seeing a cat uh, immolated. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, we we know it's a sort of take on the Tom and Jerry type yeah. violence, but the, it's it's kind of their reaction that also makes it funny, isn't it? And, and Marge is a bit nonplussed by the violence of it. But um, Itching Scratch is a great high concept, isn't it? They just obviously build what you know. The old as a yeah. writer, Tim, you know about the what the what if thing. If you can, yeah, yeah. What what if is a great prompt for creativity, um, and yeah. yeah, the what if is just what if the Tom and Jerry violence was, um, you know, ridiculously ultra violent. Then <laughs> uh, there's wrong with that, and that yeah. that sustains the entire itchy and scratchy concept. It does. It, there is a great one where um, later where Bart ends up. Um, living with Burns. Do you remember that one? And he shows him itchy and scratchy and, and oh, yeah. Burns gets really into the violence. Yeah. That mouse butchered that cat like a hog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's coming. Sorry, we mustn't skip ahead. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they, pre- they present a little bit of joy, don't they? Watching out for things like that, as we said mm. before, those little side side um, elements, background yeah. elements. In. Um, so... Um, we then go on to Marge calling Homer and asking him to get some ice cream on the way home. Um, and he finds out that he's uh, Patty and Selma are coming over to show slides of their Mexican vacation. There is sort of nemesis, aren't they? Patty and Selma, Marge's sisters, mm. um, twin sisters. Um, so he goes to the quickie mart. Now, since we had our discussion about Apu, mm. I found it very awkward seeing him, but I do, I do, I do, I do still laugh at his lines and try and work out whether I'm laughing at him or with him. But I, yeah. I think here, tell me what you think, Andy. I think the humour is not racist here. I think it's about any kind of small store owner being held up very often. Don't you think that's yeah, that's I what they're so. playing at? Yeah, I think it's generally um, the idea that 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 high turnover in, in that kind of yeah. job in that role is going to mm. leave you open to robbery quite frequently. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, during during the uh, get, gets robbed by what looks to be Krusty, as we'll mm. soon find out, this is not the case. But um, in full clown makeup with with a, with a mask on, mm. <laughs> um, so it's clearly obviously uh, meant to look like Krusty. Um, I, I do like Apu's line when when Homer leaps into the bag of chips. The, the opportunity for heroism is long gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it... <laughs> I don't think there's any possibility of Homer being a a sort of hero there was he just sees, no. he sees the gun shrieks yeah. and jump and leaps away doesn't he yeah yeah not before being caught on camera of course um saying something um about patty derogatory about patty and selma yeah which will come out later so um oh and also crucially he treads on on um crusty's foot yeah. um which will be important later because th- one of the things about this episode is it does, having rewatched it, it does queue up a lot of clues, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so well structured. That's why it's um, that's why it's yeah. so satisfying. I think. I mean, even even yeah. Homer saying something about Patty and Selma, and then later mm-hmm. on getting caught saying that they didn't they didn't need yeah. to have that in there. 
No, that's but, right. Yeah. But they did, so because you can see that it's so well plotted and structured. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, you do see... So that's an early clue. You see three clues, don't you, basically, that this guy isn't actually Krusty, and they, they queue them up later. They sort of um, yeah. help you out. And um, the first time you watch it, you probably won't see it, but then the second time you watch it, you'll go, ah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, we then cut to um, Simpson's house where they're watching Selma's si- uh, Patty and Selma's slides um, and back to home who's giving a description of Krusty to the police. So, um, you know, clearly it's very hard not to identify Krusty the Clown given that, as yeah. I think what you mentioned in, the, in an earlier episode, he's always in his clown makeup, isn't he? Um, yeah. And it would seem here, even when he's holding up um, a convenience store. <laughs> yeah, we find out that his name is Herschel uh, Krostovsky or something, isn't it? Oh yes, that's right. In a yeah. later episode, we we learn a lot about his sort of Jewish um, background. Background, yeah. yeah. And in this one, he talks about his pork products, doesn't he? Which is um, <laughs> cle- clearly a reference to that Jewish background, because um, you know that would be a, a pretty poor thing for a, a good Jewish um, <laughs> yeah. person to do. So they've obviously worked, they've obviously planned Krusty, haven't they, very well? Because we don't hear anything about yeah. Jewishness. At this stage, no. we just um, see him hawking pork products, <laughs> which is obviously shamelessly. Yeah, is, yeah. I, I imagine that his Jewish, the Jewish uh, leaders will would take a dim view of that. Yeah, absolutely, I wonder what's <laughs> going through his head. But but as we've already established, anything anything for his commercial, you know, uh, conglomerates yeah. really, isn't it? Mm. He's a franchise. Um, but yeah, so we then cut to the police breaking down the door and dragging out Krusty from his home. And then a news report about Krusty. Interesting what they do with Kent Brockman here, because they, they announce Kent Brockman. Then they then they show a stand-in. So there's almost a build-up to Kent Brockman, isn't there? Um, we don't see Kent Brockman until the next time, because mm. um, there's a stand-in, because he's off tonight. don't know quite why that happened. That's weird. But um, uh, yeah, that I, is odd, having rewatched it. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing Kent Brockman, and I thought, oh no, maybe he's not in this again. But he is. He comes back. He comes later. Mm. Um, and of course, Homer must deal with Marge's embarrassment uh, at seeing him put down Patty and Selma on the tape that's on the TV. Um, Bart's gutted, of course. Yeah, that his idol has has, has been uh, captured and uh, seems seems to be the perpetrator of a crime. So uh, yeah, he's in he's in a bad state. Um, and then we cut to the sort of media circus around it as Kent Brockman reports on the trial with mm. a bit of background on Krusty here, isn't it? As you said, we've, they painted in a background already. Um, yeah. And here in, in the news report, sorry, Tim, we, we learned that Krusty has a pacemaker, doesn't he? Yeah. That's going to be crucial. That's, that's the next clue. We've, we've seen Bart step on his foot, the robber, and, um, uh, he has these kind of long shoes on and clearly he's got long feet. And um, yes. and then we've seen the news reports saying Krusty has a pacemaker, fit, pacemaker fitted. Yeah. One thing about this merchandise is I love the doll. Have you seen the doll that Bart has got? Where yeah. you pull the string. Yeah, he pulls the. Yeah. I love that what you mentioned is commercial hawking is one of the things that the doll says is buy my cereal. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just repeatedly says buy my cereal, <laughs> which isn't really a kind of charming. <laughs> sort of thing for a doll to say is it <laughs> it's not very subtle is it um, <laughs> it doesn't go for any benefits tri- tripwire tri- marketing there 
<laughs> yeah. Um, there's a wonderful scene where where we oh first I think the first appearance of Chief Wiggum um, uh. certainly in any substantial context and 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 there's a lineup of clowns which is a great idea isn't it and uh, which gets mm. Homer trying to pick the clown from the from the police lineup <laughs> and yeah. he's chuckling away at all the clowns that he sees which is great I love that um, uh, and then what happens next so oh yeah so then we we um, we cut to um, oh yeah, crucially in the um, crusty in prison with his yeah. um, small feet, which uh, you notice yeah. more if you've seen it second time. Yeah. Um, and then there's a yeah, there's a public burning of crusty merchandise. Reminds me a bit of the Beatles when um, when America decided to hate the Beatles because of what John Lennon said, and they had to burn everything Beatles related. And I don't know if that's a reference, but um, that's what it triggered in me. Oh, they did. The, there was also the disco socks nonsense, wasn't there? Oh, of course, that? yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't remember when that was, but that was particularly embarrassing, sort of uh, latent, latently racist <laughs> incident. <laughs> <laughs> Just burning, burning records, disco records. Wow, yeah, that's still yeah. Strange, strange that uh, that actually happened. Absolutely, yeah. Truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, the Nazi um, book burnings. You know, that's but it's. Burn the culture, make it go away. <laughs> we don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of a history of that, isn't there? Yeah. So in the trial itself, we we learn that Crusty is illiterate because he can't yes. spot the difference between A, B, and C. That's the third clue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Homer fingers him in the court, doesn't he? He's asked to um to point out if he recognises the person. Um, and then we get back to what the show is going to look like, run by Sideshow Bob instead of Crusty the Clown, which is which is actually quite. It actually seems like it would have been a good move in retrospect because it's still entertaining, but now much more cultured and educational, isn't it? Yeah, but not not as uh, exciting, you know. Not as, no, as it's lost it's lost its edge a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. When his his like his daytime storytelling and stuff, he does say he will retain the popular itchy and catch scratchy show, doesn't he? But um, it's a bit like difference between between sort of uh, Tiz Was and Swap Shop. <laughs> There's a reference that only <laughs> a certain percentage of a demographic are going to get. Yeah, they have to be also British middle-aged men <laughs> yeah. to get that one. It's, much yeah. more, it's basically um, much more wholesome now, isn't it? And, and you know, yeah. um, high-minded. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, this is where Sideshow Bob is <clears> really shining, isn't he? He comes out... Um, with, with all his education and his erudition. Mm. Um, but yeah, Bart's not taken in. And um, in fact, um, you know, he, he tells Lisa he thinks Krusty's innocent and he needs her help because she's smarter than him. So um, she does. And they go, and that's where they start to unpick the clues, isn't it? They go to the Quickie Mart mm. um, and she calls out the fact that uh, you couldn't have stood near the microwave because of the, um, that it's unsafe for pacemaker users, um, yeah. that he wouldn't have picked a magazine because he's illiterate. Um, those are the two clues she picks up there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we're starting to get a sense that there's a conspiracy afoot. Um, and they talk to Sideshow Bob, don't they? Just to wonder, to try and investigate, to see if Krusty has the enemies. or And, um, and then we see him... Um, but just before that, we see a brilliant moment where Sideshow Bob, is, after the show, goes into the 
his changing yeah. room, which only appears to be crying over Krusty's predicament. That's but then you yeah. cut and you see it's actually an evil laugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a, a sort of very melodramatic moment, isn't it? Because <laughs> um, that's the other side of Sideshow Bob, isn't it? He's, he's sort of very smart and intelligent, but he's also um, a psychopath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, it comes out a little bit here, but definitely in later episodes. Um, I'm thinking of Cape Fear, is it? Yeah. Um, is that like, you yeah. have to say, though, you know, he's been through a lot, hasn't he, Sideshow Bob? You can understand the motivation of that character. <laughs> Yeah, you can understand. Definitely, you can understand how he's become so twisted. Well, there's a there's a clip, isn't there, where he puts a pie in Krusty's face and Krusty decks him, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> it's just that he's not really. Again, he's not really is he? he should just be working in, you know, theatre or something, or yeah. writing books, or, or or I don't know, performing in in more um, middle class circles. Uh, I hope I'm not skipping anything, but but Bart um, goes to visit Sideshow Bob, doesn't he? Um, with Lisa and Maggie. Yeah. Um, and he he sort of um, he starts to sort of paint this picture of the framing, but it's, it's too close to the show start. So catastrophically for Sideshow Bob, he takes Bart onto the show with him, doesn't he? Yep. Which is a a misstep um, because Hubris. while on the show, yes. While on the show, Bart reveals, um, suddenly gets an insight into the final clue. This is terrific. It's just, it's so beautifully revealed that where. Yeah. Sideshow Bob says something like, he has, after Krusty, you know, he, he knows he's got some big shoes to fill. And you get that repeated yeah. echo as Bart has his epiphany and <laughs> realizes yeah. that the final piece of the puzzle <laughs> is that Sideshow Bob has. Um, long feet whereas Krusty has small feet so he couldn't have been a robber yeah and then watching it the second time you saw that didn't you when he had his feet up yeah him twinkling his yeah, toes just, with the very long it's feet it's just so suddenly. well constructed yeah. this episode mm. um, and of course Krusty has tiny feet so um, we're cut back to the, the clip of when Homer I think trod on his yeah. feet and uh, it, it must have had big mm-hmm. feet so in front of his audience and all of the television viewers, um, yeah, Sideshow Bob is revealed as the real perpetrator of the crime. Mm. Um, it's great that Bart found that out, actually, not Lisa, wasn't it? It's kind of a good poetic justice that his biggest fan um, would reveal that. Yeah, they're, they're very good with this kind of thing, with um, big reveals of, um, they, of stuff that they've kind of constructed and... Um, you know, woven into the rest of the episode. So what happens? So yeah, so uh, oh yeah, we we have a little um, another little aside that's a, a running Simpsons gag of the police going, oh, how did we miss that one with the chief chief Meg Wiggum eating a donut? And you know, the incompetence of the police is a running gag, isn't it? Yeah, the incompetence of the police is um, again, it's one of those great things that they just take, they extrapolate as as much as possible. So um, yeah, the police get him. Um, he reveals his motive, you know, the fact that he was humiliated and that, as he says, Krusty squandered um, the show's profits on gambling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not a great character, is he? Um, and, he, you know, his intelligence was wasted. But, yeah, he, d- he does a little sco- a Scooby-Doo gag, mm-hmm. doesn't he, just before he cut it off. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for these meddling kids, I would have got away with it. Yeah, and this is the first, this is the origin of a really good, through line that goes through the whole show which is these episodes where 
sideshow Bob is determined to get his revenge on Bart for putting him in jail, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's a couple more, maybe two or three more of these, where he's he's got to get us out and decides to get his revenge. I love, yeah, there's a great one when he sends some notes to him, isn't it? Death threats and mm. things. Um, that's a fantastic one. Um, I'm laughing as I remember it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, he, he swears his revenge on him, doesn't he? So so it's all set up there. He says, I'll, I'll, I'll get you for this kind of thing. Mm. Um, interestingly, he, he says, um, he says uh, start treating children as equals because they're smart enough to catch him. So, you know, even even as he's being carted, carted away, he sort of does the right thing, Sideshow Bob, just for all the wrong reasons, doesn't he? He's been educating kids. Uh, you know, he's saying treat them as adults, treat them as intelligent. I don't know, there's something about, about um, Sideshow Bob that's pretty tragic, really. But, um, yeah, as I said, I he has that a up the fact that he's, he's not going to discriminate in his revenge as well. You know, he basically doesn't see Bart as a, a child. He just sees him as a nemesis. Um, you know, there's yeah. no sort of distinction for him, is there? No, that's right. And what's great for Bart after this happens is that um, his hero, Krusty, um, takes a photo of himself with him mm. and even signs it. Even the illiterate Krusty, you can see in very poor childlike writing, he's signed mm. it, hasn't he? Um, which Bart proudly puts up next to his bed. And he's got loads of new merchandise, hasn't he? He's got his room is like just yeah. full of new Krusty merchandise. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a great um, ending from Bart's point of view um, that he was the one who, who kind of saved the day. Mm. Um, so, yeah, fantastically, as you say, fantastically structured. Um, some beautiful lines in it. I was trying to remember the line, some of the lines that um, Sideshow Bob has, like when he says uh, the, the, the infernal glissando of this crude wind oh, instrument. Yeah. <laughs> Just beautiful writing. Just... Stuff like that. Yeah, he he has a he's beautifully written and, and performed by him by Kelsey Grammer, who is just a great combination of yeah. of writing and performing, and the the physicality of the character is, you know, he has a kind of an mm. absurd sort of look with that ridiculous hair, and um, yeah, but actually <laughs> he doesn't change, does he? He's still got the grass skirt on, even though he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to do this new. <laughs> yeah, but and, but underneath it, you know, is obviously this sort of psychopathic. Um, character who's been um, so badly damaged by his association with Krusty and his his dignity being stripped away that he's become sort of homicidally venge- vengeful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to get worse when he's in prison, isn't it? As we know. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. He, like he sings a Cole Porter song to sign off with, doesn't yeah. he? And, uh, and just as he's caught by Bart, he says, "You can hear him. You're like." I'm sure that you can hear him saying the um, Stoics were a school of philosophy, and he's about to introduce Stoicism yeah. to the kids. Yeah, incredible. Um, but the other thing about Kurt, he's a force for good. The great thing about Sideshow Bob is that he's um, he doesn't really have a specific nationality, does he? Does he sound American to you? He doesn't really sound American to me. No, I think I think no. that there's a little bit here of their. Um, I, I don't think a sort of xenophobia towards European. No. but I think there's a little bit of um, contrast, getting some humour out of the contrast between American culture and European culture, isn't it? Of, of more sort of the, um, the yeah. idea of European European culture being more naturally inclined towards uh, high culture, you know, the sort of the liberal arts, whatever fine arts and and writing and yeah, um, intellectualism and all those kind of things, and American culture just being shoot people out of cannons, you know, merchandise, um, 
just capitalism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but 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 we what's so skillfully done in The Simpsons is even characters that are, are you know despicable in in a sense. Like Krusty is despicable, isn't he? Smokes, he mistreats his <laughs> mistreats his um, staff. Yeah, I think he doesn't he have a pet monkey that he mistreats as well. He drinks, um, doesn't he? As well, we still he, sort of love him. Don't he's, we? He drinks, drinks a lot. Yeah, he's yeah, just a Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with smoking and drinking. We're not saying that you're despicable <laughs> if you smoke or drink. <laughs> no, but, but but he's. I I don't know. I just mean he's not a role model for children, is no. he? <laughs> that's what i mean <laughs> i love that as soon as he's off air he lights up usually doesn't he as soon as they say cut he sort of sparks one off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he also i love it when he has a drink and he's like ah that's the stuff you know and he, I mean, <laughs> he's clearly he's an addictive personality as we say like classic euphemism yeah yeah um and we uh, they do they do run with him. I, again, I don't want to foreshadow too much, but there's a whole episode, isn't there, where he does his crusty special, um, gets people like Bette Midler to come and uh, uh, come and guest on his show and stuff. It's just fantastic. Um, anyway, we're looking ahead, but yeah, fantastic episode. We have a good line before um, we go. We have a good line from Homer. I remember where he says, "Homer's when they're getting rid of all the crusty merchandise." Bot says, "You're giving into mob mentality," um, and Homer says, "No, I'm not." I'm part of the mainstream, participating with the herd. So come on, join the winning team. <laughs> it's again, it's just incredibly, just astute writing. Absolutely, yeah. It's incredible when you think about it. This is only this is you know the season, the first ever season of a show, and this is episode twelve, and the sophistication yeah. already in this episode, the, the depth to it, um, <clears throat> the layers. Yeah. Uh, and distill this idea mm-hmm. that this is a cartoon, this is a predominantly perhaps aimed yeah. at children or perception that it's aimed at children. It's clearly not the case, is it? No, and um, it's, you know, we talked about it's self-awareness as a, um, Simpsons as a, a show. And in this episode, when when Marge says something about itchy and scratchy, mm. uh, the, uh, Lisa replies, oh, if, if cartoons were meant for adults, they'd show them on prime yeah. time. You know, it's, it's very... It's starting the meta gags. It is, this, yeah. That's a great episode, isn't it? self-referential yeah. gag, isn't it? I think it's because that, that's coming from a place where the writers are aware that they are, you know, they're, they're sort of a little bit revolutionary, really. You know, they're challenging things. They're challenging the the accepted idea of what an animated show is, who, it, who it's aimed at, all those things. So do you want to start scoring? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to give this a nine. I'm going to give this a nine. At ten because I know we've got some big episodes to come, but I think if you lay out every single episode of The Simpsons and you, you know, you were ruthless, this would definitely you would struggle to leave this out of the top twenty. I think. I think you're right. Yeah, it's yeah. so well. I'm, I'm going with a nine as well. Yeah. <laughs> we're just mirroring each other on the scores. <laughs> We are. I should do something simple, but I can't drop it below a nine. And I, um, I know. No, we've diverted occasionally, haven't we? I think I, yeah. I rated um, life on the fast lane slightly higher than you. But um, yeah, for me, this this is a really high point. And I think it's, you know, I, maybe I've leapt ahead a bit earlier, but this is definitely in its stride now as a show, isn't it? Before the season's even finished, mm. they are fully in the stride of what the Simpsons can be well, as a show. I tell you what, let us know, uh, dear listener, what you think. <laughs> Don't mind our ratings. Yes. <laughs> um, 
let us know yeah. what you think at Stay At Home Pod on Twitter. Send us Please messages. Do. Um, mm. We're still quite early on in this podcast. Hopefully we'll get some more audience as we keep going. But for now, if you yeah. are listening, um, we appreciate it. And um, mm. uh, we've got the final episode of the season to come next time. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.